Good evening, Shepherd community and neighbors. My name is Pastor Bryce Bloxham. I serve as one of the pastors at Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran Church in Shoreview, Minnesota. And along with Joe Tracano, our music director and worship arts leader, whom you will hear performing all of our music this evening, and Pastor Renee and Sister Tashina, our fellow staff, and the governing board, we welcome you to our Lenten worship podcast for this evening, Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. We have just a few short announcements, and then we will begin. First, a reminder that as we do our part to flatten the curve and tend to the well-being of our community, Shepherd's Building will remain closed through May 1st. All events between now and then will either be virtual or postponed. Bible study this evening will take place via Shepherd's Facebook page at 645. And our youth ministry meetings for all families will take place via Zoom at 645. Our Lenten offering is still going towards Ralph Reader, where as of today, they have delivered more than 20,000 meals to our neighborhood food shelf. At this time, we are directing you to make your Lenten offering directly to Ralph Reader. You can find links to make donations to both Ralph Reader and Shepherd in the body of the message you received this podcast in, as well as on our website. Shepherd Sunday worship will be provided virtually and made available to you Sunday morning. Should you have any questions or needs, pastoral care or otherwise, do not hesitate to reach out to our main office or contacting directly Pastor Renee, Sister Tashina, or myself. I now invite you to take a deep breath in for a moment of meditation as we center ourselves for worship. season of Lent is a time of repentance, self-examination, and confession. It is a time for us to consider how cultural forces press upon us to be something other than what God has created us to be. We began this Lenten journey with a cross of ashes on our forehead, a reminder of our true identity and our need for God's love, mercy, and forgiveness. Along the way, we come together we came together and spent time thinking about those things that separate us from a closer walk with our Creator. Pride is a powerful tool. It can be used for good. It has the ability to energize us into not settling and striving to be better, making us more effective at what we do, setting that proverbial bar higher. This doesn't exist wholly in professional realms either. But what about our personal lives? Think about the care we take in manicuring our yards. Anyone make sure that the lines are mowed in one particular direction one week and another the following? 
My parents and in-laws have an attention to detail that rivals no other. And our house, through its numerous projects, is rather grateful because of it. But the thing is, pride is seemingly more damaging than helpful. Fact of the matter is, I believe pride to be more harmful than helping. Pride can cause us to refuse to see that we may not be right, blinding us to allow us to never admit failure, to admit that we are wrong. Pride is always needing to have the last word and not to let a conversation end until you have had the chance to say something more. Pride means that we are always one-upping the other person. Now I can think of more than a couple of anglers in our community who talk about their fish in this manner. But in all seriousness, our pride causes us to paint a picture of ourselves that isn't always authentic. Colossians tells us in chapter 3, As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Creator, through Him. This is a text that we often hear in weddings, but it's appropriate for us tonight, I think. These verses call us to engage with one another, our neighbors, in ways that would create life rather than inhibit it. But why is it that being clothed in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience is such a difficult thing? Why is it that we fight the fabric of this attire? And what can we draw from this? The answer is simple and complicated all at the same time. Our sin is what keeps us from being fully invested with our neighbor and what prevents us from setting aside our selfish desires for the sake of something deeper. Paul writes in this letter about the things that we should do and not what we should avoid. We do not hear pride, but we can find it flowing through the veins and other the words that were scribed here, bearing with one another, forgiving each other, all call us away from pride and into deeper community. Forgiving means admitting 
we were wrong, which means admitting our defenses are permeable and porous. Bearing with one another means sticking it out when things get hard and we'd rather turn and run. For us, to call, to set aside our pride. Have you ever gotten into a different disagreement with a significant other over something seemingly petty? Were you perhaps the aggravator? Perhaps, even potentially, dare I say, wrong? How quick were you, or are you, to stand up and seek forgiveness? In the midst of this, the things that ran through our minds included, but are not limited to, I don't want to be the first to apologize. I felt pushed. I was justified in my feelings. I don't care how long it's going to take. I'm going to let them apologize first. I suspect many of us may find ourselves in the midst of a heightened emotional state, and the spaces for these instances may become more prevalent and more frequent in their occurrences. We have spent this Lenten season talking about how we are and become disconnected to God. The thing is that when we fight, refuse to yield, admit we are wrong, perceive others to be somehow less than another, we become disconnected to one another. We become disconnected to God. For us in Colossians, ours is the reminder to set aside our pride so that we might sport humility, compassion, and forgiveness. But what's more, so that we might grow closer to God and one another. We have a great opportunity in the midst of this chaotic time that we find ourselves in. So take time. Work through and out these things. Know and find peace in the fact that you don't have to be the best all of the time. Know that you are in fact good enough because each of us has been beautifully and wonderfully made in the eyes and image of a creator that loves be us beyond all compare. This, friends, is something that we can all take pride in. Amen. We are gathered this evening, not together in person, but united in spirit. We are seeking renewal to worship and hear God's word for us. We've heard a message, 
of how the sin of pride stains, how it would seek to change us into other than who we are, not to become something other than our authentic selves, something we are not meant to be. We also know God's love can change us and shapes us and renews us. And now the time of reflection and stillness is upon us. I invite you to close your eyes. Shut out the world. Put out all that would pull you out of this time. Be silent. Be still. Keeping all that you have shut out away from you. I invite you to open your heart to be fully present here because we are entering a holy place. We are entering a holy time. May we hear Jesus speak to us in this time and offer to you the promise of transformation. Listen in the silence for Jesus is calling you. Hear these words from Philippians. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you look not on your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Humbling God, it seems as though pride can find its way into places of our being that we thought kept in check. It forces us to think we are better than the other, paints a self-image of ourselves that isn't honest, accurate, or God-honoring, because in these moments we find our worth in how we perceive ourselves and not how you see us. Remind us that we are indeed good enough because you have created us because the creation that we exist in is one made from your image and yours is perfect. Help us to set aside these thoughts, these notions, 
and these tendencies so that we might see the beauty you have placed in our neighbors. Enjoy a closer walk with you and be in closer relationship with you. Walk with us in the midst of our shortcomings, prideful thoughts, and behavior. Humble us when we need it, and build us up when we cannot see the good you have put in us. Help us to see that this is not something we are able to do on our own, but rather only with your guidance and presence. Hear these words of your Savior for you. Rest in me, my child. This time devoted to me is meant to be peaceful, not stressful. You don't have to perform in order to receive my love. I have boundless, unconditional love for you. Oh, how it grieves me to see my children working for love, trying harder and harder, yet never feeling good enough to be loved. I know that sometimes you feel uneasy, wondering if you are doing enough to be worthy of my love. But know this, your performance and my love for you are totally and entirely different issues. I love you with an everlasting love that flows from eternity without limits or conditions. And I have clothed you in my robe of righteousness and rained my love on you. Bring all of your prideful thoughts of overcompensation and better than the other to me and receive in its place my unfailing love for you. Friends and fellow beloveds, join me as we close our evening in prayer. Holy God, in all of this, you are present. You walk with us in the midst of all the good and bad. You carry us when life is troublesome, 
and hold our hand as we walk in the good. Show us how to set aside our prideful thoughts and ambitions. Hold us tight in the struggle to change and become the people that you call us to be. And remind us, through all of this, that we are loved beyond measure. It is in your name that we always pray. Amen.